Welcome to the Energetic Radio Podcast. My name is Dale Sidebottom. Each week, I'll bring you inspirational guests who will help you bring fun, energy, and purpose into your lives. Let the show begin. Welcome to episode number 133 of the podcast, and today I'm with Bo Miles, and we are in location today in Jindavik in Victoria. Now, this is the first episode we have ever shot live in a barn. Now, this barn is one of the bar, the main barn on Bo's video, so if you go to YouTube, check out Bo Miles, because... This guy is like Bear Grylls in Australia. He's a modern-day MacGyver. Not only that, he's an award-winning filmmaker, polyjobist, a speaker, odd-end lecturer, and just general crazy man. But the one thing I love about Bo is that he is just full of passion and life, and he's all about doing just strange and wonderful things. And you'll get that from our chat today, and, and it's blown me away. Some of his videos particularly the man versus commute where he walks to work, uh, which normally... Anyway, I'll go into this. I want you to watch the videos, Bo Miles, YouTube, and then listen to our chat today. It is just going to blow your mind, all right? And I had an absolute ball with Bo, and I can't wait to share this with you. Enjoy, everyone. to the podcast really excited we are out this is the first recording i've ever done live in the bush uh bo how are you mate very good thank you dale now we've got a cup of coffee it's been a little bit cool this morning mate yes yeah, so i've uh, we've both got down vests on uh, i don't have my gloves on uh but i did this morning when i was riding yeah it's it's cool it's um i was about to light the fire but you got here a little bit early which <laughs> oh no nice. mate sorry buddy I was no no it's good early. it's good i uh, being early is on time, but on time is to be late. <laughs> oh, I, I even stopped on the side. I was like, I'm way too early. I, I do get a little bit excited. <laughs> That's <right>? really good. <laughs> now, Bo, for people listening, um, I'm going to have links to your YouTube channel. And that's the first thing I want people to do is just go and check you out. Because that's obviously, uh, I got introduced by a mutual friend, Brucey. I'll give him a shout out because uh, he said, Dale, you need to catch up with Bo because he is extreme. He's like you. He's got energy, does crazy things. I said, I can't wait to meet him. So how do you describe yourself, mate? Are you like the modern day MacGyver? <laughs> No, I, geez, I get the Bear grill thing a bit, and, mm. and yet I've got a love, not hate, I've got a love disagreement with old Bear. Okay. Young Bear, I'm not sure how old Bear is. Um, he's, the, he's the real deal, I think, but he sold himself in a particular kind of way. Yeah. Uh, you know, he rubs mud on his face to make it look like he's got mud on his face. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, um, I don't want, you know, 16-year-old boys do that. They they spend half an hour on their hair to make it look like they haven't touched their hair. Yeah, I yeah. don't want to be that kind of dude. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, so yeah. I want to do things that are really genuine. And You know, we're sitting at the table that was made during that film, A yeah, Mile yeah. an Hour. Yep. And this is a genuine good table. Mm. It's not just spindly crap Mate, that I made to make look good solid. on TV. So um, I, I just I just want to live a life of... Of sort of purpose, and I'm I'm constantly questioning what am I doing, why am I doing it, and what makes me tick. Yeah. You know? So with so with Bear Grylls, back to that. Obviously, yep. I read his book, and yep. um, I think the training he's done, where he's come from, he, he had an uh, oh, this obviously wasn't going to be the podcast, but yep. he had a very privileged upbringing. Yep. But what he's done has been incredible. But then what you're saying is when he sold himself for the man versus wild, is, is that sort of where... I think so, because yeah. I, I, I would love to sit... Uh, look, I, I, I like him as a yeah, person. Yeah, yeah. I watch him on TV. I really like him. Yeah, I mean, yeah. he's so, and that's why he's so amazingly successful. Um, but I, I don't know whether I'd ever go to that, that phase of selling out to the extent he has. Yep. I think he was a real success in his own right. And yeah, he's the, he's the real deal. Um, 
But, you know, I don't think doing a backflip off a, a waterfall to <laughs> test the water beneath you is... Yeah, yeah, I know. You know, and so we know he's been down there and tested the water. So, yeah. You know, it's sort of... Um, you've got to keep the myth uh, uh, an element of truth and authenticity to it. Yeah, yeah. And I suppose that's, again, that's what... Perception of what people want, and we're mm. probably going to talk a little bit about that. But let's get back, obviously, Bear Grylls. That's another day, another story. But let's get <laughs> yeah. back to, mate, you, the adventure, um, living in the bush... Basically, how do you describe yourself? Obviously, you've done a PhD, you're a teacher. How do you best describe yourself? Yeah, I don't often say the obvious things about what is... I often have to do the... In fact, all the time now, have to do the introduction to any film I make, I do very last because I often don't tell the story of me or whatever I'm trying to tell in its simplest form Okay. because I I tend to go off on tangents and look (laughs) for the interest and curiosity in a story. Yeah. Uh, I'm a farm kid at heart, I suppose, you know. I've, I've grown up on small acreage out here on, in a rural area um, with chainsaws and tractors and, and cows yep. and bushland. Um, and that's very much still a part of me. But, yeah, I, I suppose I'm, I'm a teacher, filmmaker, outdoor educator, come builder, uh, and recently more a writer. Yep. And, and wanting to have that time of sitting down and reflecting as well as doing, full tilt doing. Yeah, yeah. And really uh, having that sort of... Uh, really good um, complementary life. Yeah, yeah. So, and, and having a balance that probably suits you. Is yeah, that, and is I, that what you're trying to find? Yeah, absolutely. And I don't think people do. And you've got to be really ballsy to be a balanced person. Yeah. And I'm I'm not all that balanced either. As yep. an academic, I sit way too much. Yeah. And so I've I've taken this time of leave to to get back half day writing, a little bit of filmmaking, and then half day working for myself and dad. You yep. know, helping out dad. So. And it's great. Yep. It's but it's taken me a few months to get to this point where I think, wow, this is this is what life should be like yeah. all the time, not just an absence of leave. Yeah. Um, but of course, we've got to pay for mortgages and the farm we're sitting at, you know, yep. and all that stuff. So I get it. But uh, gee, um, people think I'm a risk taker, and I think I'm pretty bloody safe, and I think I'm representative of a lot of people just doing too much of one thing. Yeah. And and like you said, sitting down. So like our bodies aren't made to sit, you yeah. know, and. Um, I think there's been studies out there that some people sit for or sit or lay for 22, 23 hours a day. You know, yeah. and the, like I know in one of your films we're going to talk about, you were just saying that you got a little bit fat, you know, you got a little bit overweight just from sitting. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the PhD, the, the last six months of the PhD, I put on six or eight kilos yep. or something. Uh, and that's just from inactivity. And funnily enough, I have more injuries now that my biggest injury is is writing. And that's just sitting and, and sitting at a desk. So my right wrist at the moment, I have to get up every half an hour just to go and do a push-up or dig a hole or <laughs> do something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then I can go back and I can do another hour of writing and I'm okay. But if I, And then maybe my desk setup's just crap. But, um, yeah, m- my biggest ailment is from writing. There you go. Who would have thought from all the stuff you're doing? So yeah. let's obviously get into it. So a lot of people probably listening to this commuting to work, yeah. right? And then um, a lot of these days, particularly living in Melbourne, I know I think you were saying your commute's about 50 minutes. Yep. Um, I think mine's about 40 minutes. So a lot of people in the car and a train, whatever, listening. Now, where I really just drew into you, but I'm like, wow, this bloke is a legend. You, instead of driving to work one day, you decided that you were going to walk to work. Mm. Do you want to explain that, mate? Well, there's two. Well, there's a, there's a whole bunch of reasons why. But first and foremost is that I'm now happily married, and I'm no longer a twenty-something-year-old beau that can go off for five months or a year or or a month even, and just go and do my thing and uh, kayak or run or somewhere. Um, in many respects, I wanted to try and find forms of adventure that I can do within my everyday. Yep. That but that are still. And when I say but, 
a conceived form of authentic, you know. So what is it about adventure I love? I love the physicality of it, the challenge of it, not knowing really what's going to happen to me or the scene or when I'm going to get there or how I'm going to get there or when I'm going to feel like eating bananas or beans or what, you know. I, I like that sense of the unknown. Yep. Um, and certainly the different culture and the different space. And that's what I've had to really change. So originally I would go to the ends of the earth, like the, you know, the coastline of Africa to find a different sense of bow. Now I think I can find it between here and work. Okay. If I come up with some kind of thing that is going to give me all of those ingredients. And, and a walk to work, if I took my backpack with all my tents and freeze-dried food and, and brew kit and sleeping bag, you know what, I'm, 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 I'm living then a bubble of what's in my backpack. Yeah, okay. If I don't take anything with me and I walk to work and I make this choice, then I can have a genuine bloody adventure because I've got to then find shelter, find food, find water for 30 hours or 40 hours or whatever it takes me to get there. And that's, that's really engaging. So <laughs> I'm, I'm seeing the landscape in a very different way uh, I'm, and, and I'm cooking up this thing that is so easily cooked up. So with, with that, obviously, <clears throat> there will be links and uh, one of the biggest things I want you to check out, Bo's YouTube, because you've done more things and we're going to talk about this. But um, I love it that you, you just took off. You didn't even put shoes on. You yep. just had a shirt, your key around your neck, a hat and a pair of, sh- and a pair of pants. That was yep. it. Yeah, yeah. And, and look, um, I thought, geez, if my, my nephews, I've got two 12-year-old nephews that just wear around bare feet all the time. Okay, you're right. Um, it's funny to say wear around bare feet. They're just <laughs> in bare feet. Um, but, yeah, I, I lasted 8Ks and I had to get shoes. So I had a cameraman follow me along and um, I said, Mitch, I need the shoes, mate. So, uh, yeah, they were red raw after 8 kilometres. I had to walk on the white lines because it was the least uh, abrasive on my feet. So, But that's roads, like bitumen is very coarse. It's hard. Yeah. It's blue rock, yeah. you know, and it was just harsh, you know, and and, uh, and yet I reckon the nephews would have been fine, but yeah. it just proves how soft we are now too, you know, <laughs> and we need our Gore-Tex and our Swish runners just to get around. And so I had the bare minimum of technology and yet I still wasn't able to make it to work, you know. In still a eight, eight Ks is better than... Well, yeah, Four. I felt, yeah, I, felt positive, I, I probably could have gone to 20, but then I would have been really red raw. So and I knew the 8K mark, I was still okay enough to wear shoes and I'm going to get away with it. You know? Now, obviously, you, you went, it was about four, three or four days you were gone. Uh, the paddle took four days. Four paddle I, took, I, yeah, but yeah, that we, took two, two okay, full days. So two full um, days. I did 50Ks the first day, slept by a, uh, a service station and then walked in the, the 40Ks the next day. So yeah. when you're sleeping, I, I know in the video you picked up like... Uh, along the way, you ate like an apple core. The one thing I was really grossed out by was when you were drinking that sweet and sour maca sauce. Yeah. That's crook. I suppose, because oh. I haven't eaten maca since I was about 16, 17. I suppose what they give you thought? the sweet and sour thingies as a, uh, they just give them to when you. I think when you get the nuggets, so you used right. to work at maca, so you'd always, they get the option of sauces. Oh, you get the option. Yeah. See, I'm presuming that they, I would have thought that they'd just give them to everyone, right? Nah. Because there were so many unopened sweet and sour sauces oh. on the side of the road. So I'm thinking, why would you <laughs> order them and then throw them out? <laughs> so I, I'm trying to figure the, you know. Anyway, yeah, that, that was gross. So you, so you ate two, like, yeah. so you ate, you drank Yeah, well, the ca- syrup. it was calories, you know. It's I just thought. Pure sugar. It's pure sugar, yeah. And, and sitting by the roadside, although so loaded up with preservatives, I, I think I'm all right, but. <laughs> <laughs> Only all right because I'm not bloody dying, but it was, geez, it was horrible. So then when you, obviously you found, I see you found a bike, you found a scooter, um, you had all different things, mate, you can top my coffee up as well if you don't mm-hmm. mind there. Um, thanks, buddy. So you had all these different things, um, but then when it comes to sleeping, that's where, because obviously you couldn't do it in a day, you might be able to 
run it. You're a crazy runner, but how did you sleep? Like I, I didn't. I've actually walked twice. I've walked twice. One to give a lecture, and one just for the sake of the film. Film them both now. And I'm going to combine them as kind of the best hits. Oh, so you've done it walks. again? Yeah, I've done it since. <laughs> um, and I did it the next, the second one. I did to to deliver a lecture. I wanted to give a lecture at the end of a genuine adventure. <laughs> Rather than just talk about it in the abstract or from a time ago. Okay, you know yeah, I mean? yeah, yeah. Um, but in any case, yeah, the, the sleeping, the first time particularly, uh, I, I was really cold, didn't sleep much at all. I didn't. I just didn't quite have enough padding. Okay. And it was cold, crisp winter night. Yeah. And then the second time around, knowing that, I just loaded up. So the 5 or 6K before I knew I was going to probably have a kip, I just found bloody everything on the side of the road and just took it. And so, so I had this big swag full of all sorts of stuff. So there's just that's how much rubbish. That's probably the sad. By a main road, absolutely, yeah. Not so much up here on the country roads. Yeah. You'd struggle to get something that's warm, um, or at least in sort of duvet form or clothing or yeah. something we've manufactured. Uh, but down on the roadside, there's insulation from housing and carpet underlay and towels and people's gross old jumpers, you know, heaps. So you were able to obviously get some. Oh yeah. So the second time round, I was a cocoon. It was really good. <laughs> and, and you didn't sleep? sleep? No, I didn't sleep much because I was. Yeah, um, I did, but it was kind of kind of catnappy. Okay. But I was still I still rested. Okay. Um, but look, within twenty four hours with no with no actual sleep, I think you're fine. It's just about the rest and about being safe and comfortable, I suppose. And I was. Perfect. And I suppose after doing that, and I didn't know you did it twice. That's pretty pretty impressive, mate. But what were some of the thoughts going through your head that whole time? Because obviously you didn't have technology. There weren't many things to do. You were just walking. What were yeah. some of the thoughts that like, you experienced? Well, I got up this morning at 5.30, or at least that's when my wife got up. Yep. And I was awake from that point. And I was supposed to go for a big long run this morning. And I didn't. And instead I thought, oh, okay, Bo, you can go for a run tonight. That's all right. And what I went, and I'm writing a book at the moment, and so I was writing about that exact thing this morning. What is different about walking to work as opposed to driving? Driving yeah. takes me an hour, walking takes me 40 hours. <laughs> and, and all it is is, in, in many respects, that. Yeah. You've got 40 times the time to think about things. Yeah. So I will see a piece of rubbish on the side of the road, and I will think about that one piece of rubbish potentially for 10 minutes. So, like, where it come from, why it's there? What's, who... what's its story? Why yeah. is it there? Where, you know, where did it come from in a production sense of things? You know, has that come from, you know, some, some little factory in Thailand or Broome or the back streets of Melbourne? Who knows? Yep. Who's touched it? Who invented it? You know, uh, what materials are in it? What farmer produced the thing? that it, You know, and you, you think of all these wonderful tangents like a spider web because you've got the time to do it. Yeah. And so you've... Think of when you last sat down and, and in your normal regular work day and you thought intensely about 10 minutes of, on one, one simple thing. It's like a meditative state. Oh, it's, it's probably mindfulness humans at best. There you go. Yeah. So humans just don't do it anymore. No. And, look, walking is that beautiful repetition yeah. of most of us can walk. You yeah. even think about that. Yeah. I'm lucky enough to have these nice strong legs. I can walk and run anywhere. I bet people don't think of it like that. That's though. right. Yeah. And I've often said that in, in classes uh, teaching Adventure Ed. I've said, look, you know, we all walk and I have to pull myself up. We don't all walk either. No, we don't. So that'll be the next commute. I'm going to wheelchair. I'm going to try and wheelchair myself to work. Really? Yeah, from here. And, you know, and I, I want to do it so that it's the first time I've ever done it too. I want to struggle because I no doubt I will, you know. I reckon the thing that will struggle most is your hands. Yep. 
That'll be wow. That's cool. I was going to ask at the end. You're getting ahead of me now. Yeah, that's cool. I really liked it. Uh, just the thoughts going through your head, and yeah. um, I think there's there's so many distractions going on in our lives these yeah. days, and we don't actually allow ourselves to sit with yes. our thoughts yep. because. We, I think it scares people now because now I've got to be doing something. Go like I've got to be updating this. I've got to be doing that. I've got to be emailing. I've got to be posting. I've got to take yeah. a selfie. Yeah, I'm tired talking about it, both. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, yeah. doing, allowing yourself something like that is probably really liberating. Yeah, you force your hand a bit. Yeah, because I am like that too. Yeah, you know, if I'm sitting here at home, I'm constantly writing lists and. You know, it average 30 or 40 emails a day that you're actioning and there's something at the end of those emails, or at least that's what you think. Yeah. Probably only five out of those 40 are really actually getting anything done and mm. the rest is just fluff. Yeah. And so when I force my hand to think, right, I'm going to walk to work, Jesus, you've got 40 hours inside your own head, whether you like it or not, and you can think about those tangents and yeah. that is exactly that, liberating. Mm. And I, I don't recommend people go and do exactly what you did, but um, sometimes it, you know, and I say this a lot, simply go for a walk and don't take your phone. Yeah. Don't take a device. It's well, it's magical. Yeah. And you think back in the well, back in the day uh, when I was young, we, that's what we used to do. Yeah, because it wasn't such a thing. But now they're around, and there they help us. But I think just just having a a, t- a detox every now and then yep. is extremely powerful. Yeah, I'm not particularly. Old. Well, how old are you? Thirty four. 34, so I'm a bit older than you. I'm 39, but I did uni without a mobile phone or Google. Yep. And if you think of those two things, you know, those those two components, you know, one essentially rids us of curiosity a lot of the time because we just Google the answer. Well, yep, correct. And the other one is too, we're, we're, we're a bit more fickle with our time management because of our phone now. It's our, it's our vice. Yep. Uh, and an amazing tool. I know it. I know yep. they're an amazing tool, but if I, want, if I say I want to meet someone at 10 o'clock in town... We used to just meet them at 10 o'clock in town. I oh, know. Now we meet them at 7.45 or, or <laughs> 8.42 because we say we're there and we're, we're on our way and we're, we're just a bit more fluid with how we manage our time based on our phone. Yeah. And, oh, and don't get me wrong, I, I love it and yeah. I think I, yeah. I'd be lost without it. Yeah. Now it's a great addition, but I think just hearing stories and recollections of what you're just saying about just being present and in your own mind, yeah. I think we need to do that more often too. Yeah. You know, have a digital detox or whatever you want to call it. So yeah. walking to work, that's great, but then you're also a sea kayak. You love sea kayaking. You've done the Bass Strait. Mm-hmm. You've done 2,000 Ks around Africa, which would be incredible. But mm-hmm. so you wanted to kayak to work. Let's talk about that now. Like, because yeah. I watched, uh, I know again, watch the YouTube clips. These are insane. But um, you carried a wheel, uh, uh, you had a wheelbarrow and you yep. kayak and you walked out your gate. Yeah, it's kind of fitting. We're sitting in the barn where most things kind of yeah, that's start what we're and do finish today. in the barn. We I might get a finished. photo out here later because yeah, it's pretty yeah. cool. It is pretty cool. It's unfinished, which makes it even probably cooler because there's crap line everywhere. But this is where that started and where all the commutes will start. And Yeah, so I live about two kilometres from the actual river. I'm uphill of the river. So, yeah, I put it in the... Um, I put my wetsuit on and uh, <laughs> took a two days' worth of food or three days' worth of food and shoved them in the hatch and down I went. And so... Uh, Put in the wheelbarrow down, we went to the river and then it took me four days to get to work. So, and that was four full-on days. That's sort of 45 hours worth of travel, which is what usually an hour. And it was, it was hard. That was the hardest four-day anything I think I've ever done. Because you were, you were going through dams, ditches, mm. drains, puddles. Yeah. You went through the ocean. Yeah. Yeah, so I followed the Tarrago down to where it's become essentially a, a man-made or human-made drain called the Bunyip Main Drain. So you've turned a river into a drain, just dead straight, full of blackberries and willows and old car bodies and bloody all sorts of crap, weeds. Yeah. Yeah. 
So that's just this bolt straight thing for about 25 k's, and that spits you out into Western Port. And then uh, Western Port, I took another creek up towards Frankston. So I went up river then or up creek for about 10 k before I had to then drag it to work. So, yeah, wore the bum out of the, of the poor old kayak. I haven't fixed it yet. Because yeah. yeah. that was pretty cool. I love the way the, the clip finished, walking into work with the kayak behind <laughs> yeah, you. Yeah. Still in your wetsuit. Yeah, yeah, it was gross. What was so. it like sleeping in a wetsuit? Like, and I love your analogy. It's like wearing skivvies and things that shouldn't be done. <laughs> True. Unless you're a wiggle. That's right, that's right. <laughs> yeah, it was great. Well, I say gross, but it's it's kind of liberating too. I don't I don't mind. Um, I'm in a bit, I'm in this riding phase at the moment where I'm only showering once every week or once every 10 days yeah, i'm okay. just you know I, I have a wash and i change my clothes but that's about the extent of the hygiene okay and so uh i don't mind being pretty gross in a wetsuit um it was and they're bloody warm too because you, they trap like, in all of that pissing po- in it like that no no i'd have a leak oh, okay yeah yeah yeah, no. yeah they'll be warm when you do that that's right yeah yeah <laughs> and that was a total pain in the ass too i wish i'd had one of those ones that had a break in the middle because yeah. you got to take the whole thing off and uh but yeah it was warm <laughs> so what, out of those two, obviously the walk to work you said was easier. Yep. Um, and then it was just it was probably hard because you had to carry. I know when you went to the walk, you had minimal. So yeah. a lot of time you're just carrying yourself. Whereas actually <clears throat> being responsible for a kayak. Well, not only that too, but it was really task orientated. Yep. The kayak. I, I I must admit I didn't see as much as I did on the walk. The walk you are just immersive with your. Your eyes are just, and your, your hearing and taste and all that is taking in the world and yep. you can do it at that lovely slow rate. Um, I'm going even slower in the kayak, but I'm having to go a lot further and I'm busting my ass just to, to make progress. Yep. So I'm always just push, push, push. Whereas walking was, you lock into 5Ks an hour and you just walk. Yep. You know, you don't you don't go any faster or slower. You just do the thing, and it's that lovely consistency. Kiking was not that. Yeah, yeah. And I think walk, walking is a, it's such a mindfulness activity. Yep. You can just get immersed, and you're like, oh, what has happened the last half hour? And yep. like you probably said, what's happened the last <laughs> six hours? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. All of a sudden, you just you get lost in time, you know. And yeah. And I did take my watch. Um, but I probably needn't have with the walk, okay. other than to try and make the lecture on the second day for that <laughs> the second walk. But the the paddle thing was just you just keep looking at the sun and how much more of the day have I got and when can I stop? Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah, gotcha. So when you on the second walk, because I I've also got a couple of questions here, but I didn't realise you did it a second time. What was it like when you rolled into the lecture and you had obviously students there? That is cool. That's like I'm impressed, mate. It that- was pretty cool. I was I was. When I say the real deal, as in I was gross and I was I was stuffed too. I was yeah. I was really tired. I, I I'd only slept in catnaps that night. Um, walked ninety one odd k's and under calories and underwatered and dehydrated and um, sunburned a bit. And I had I had one killer blister too. I wore I wore my running shoes, which I've never actually walked in. Okay. I tend to just only run in my running shoes because the rest of the time I'm in work boots or whatever. Yeah. So. Um, yeah, I got massive heel blisters because I never actually heel strike, really. Ah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, um, well, I do heel strike, but in a different way. So, yeah, I got a blister the size of a 20-cent piece. It was just roaring red oh. and thick as thick. And um, and so I'm just sort of teetering around thinking, geez, I'm, I'm – which is the whole point. Yeah. I wanted to show them what it's like to put yourself through the ringer and, and enjoy it. Yeah, and what was the response from that? Because I know myself, like – you get at uni, like going through, it was fantastic. Yeah. But it's not sort of real life experience. You're reading a textbook or you're doing a case study, you yes. know, whereas actually seeing you rock up, like probably looking like shit, to be honest. Yeah, yeah. You know, and in pain, everything like that. Yeah. What was the response? 
Uh, I think pretty good. I was fairly G'd up at that stage too, so I knew I had to Adrenaline. perform in yep. a sense. You know, mm-hmm. teaching is a bit of a performance. And I think that's important too. Often teachers are pretty – they think, oh, that the um, – the knowledge or the, the the content should speak for itself. It just doesn't. You yeah. know, you've got to sell it too. Yeah. So uh, we had a, a Year 12 class came in, a Year 12 Outdoor Ed class came in, and they were probably the best because okay. they were the youngest, more impressionable, and they once they got beyond being a little shy, they asked really good, insightful questions, and then away I go. You know, okay. I, can, I can give them that insight. Yeah, and it just probably takes a little bit of one or two people with a bit of energy and passion yep. and then they're like, oh, wow, and then you're started, you're on adrenaline kicks in yep. because I think teaching is a massive performance. It is, We yeah. act every day. Yep. Yeah, yeah. And and look, it, it, the better questions they ask, the more it comes back to them as well. Okay, yep. Because I'm, I'm a capable fit bloke that can walk to work Yeah. and maybe this is it's still only an example of what you can do and what you have done. So let's talk about your trips and what's your perception of okay. the world through these sort of things. Yeah, cool, cool. So from doing that, I know you had a photographer follow you the whole way. You've done it twice now. Have you had a lot of – has anyone else done a similar thing? Like said, I'm yeah. going to try and do it now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's right. So um, uh, three of our students, they walked two weeks later. Wow. So they did 50Ks along Eastlink. <laughs> and you're not actually allowed to work, walk along Eastlink, but there a is a trail there. Did they have a tag? Yeah, yeah, they should have. Um, <laughs> and they found they, they had one particular section on night one, so they wanted to do one night out. So they did 25Ks a day. Yeah. And they were walking to class. They walked to a set time. And they were three of our best students too. you just classic, they get it. Yeah, they really, yeah, And they really yeah. go and put themselves out there. Uh, so it was, it was Cam, Jake and uh, Steph. So three really good eggs. And they had a section that they told me about, and they all say, say it in a roughly the same way when I've talked to them individually. They see a big bridge, and they know that they want to sleep under that bridge. And the bridge is way off in the distance at dusk. They think the bridge is about two k's away, but the bridge is probably closer to eight or seven. Wow. Takes them an hour to get there, hour and a half. And so that, that's when they really started to dial in on themselves in that last 40 minutes, 50 minutes. Because they can see the finish? They can see the yeah. finish line, but the finish line's not coming. So that's <laughs> yeah. when they've got to really... They, they felt then uh, what I think an adventurer feels. And all they're doing is walking along a highway to a bridge. So uh, they had some really great insights, and that's, that was awesome. Yeah. So uh, what about other people? Uh, I'm sure you get random emails and things Lots, like that, like, yeah. of, of just like uh, what, why you're doing it, or but have you got any interesting yeah. examples? Well, I, I've, I've recently made a paddle online out of junk. So I that. That was yeah, cool. And so there's been heaps of people that have made paddles based on that, and they've sent through their pictures. Cool. Um, I made a, uh, a, a mallet. I made like a, a hammer that you bang in tomato steaks and stuff with when I was stuck on Deal Island when crossing Bass Strait. And I had just last week a guy um, email me through a photo of the mallet and he went and searched out that mallet on his crossing of Bass Strait this summer. And so those sort of things, I would never expect that, that yeah. someone really gives a damn and, and it's part of their thought process. When I get to Deal Island, I'm going to go and find the mallet that Bo made and he put into his film. I never would think that. That's and cool. so. People take messages wherever. If you lay it out there, people will take a message. Yeah. Other, and, and if you try and force feed that, it's telling them to suck eggs. People yeah. will take of your experience and your trip what they will. So, Bo, that's because you're obviously putting yourself out there, though. Yeah. Like, you're allowing people to take those messages. Mm-hmm. You know, do you feel... What, what sort of... When people are saying, sending those pictures through, yeah. what sort of satisfaction or reward or gratitude, what, what do you feel? 
I feel like there's some sort of meaning behind it all, yeah. and yet I don't know whether that's true either, you know, because I know an awful lot of people, uh, me included, uh, really dig in many respects what Bear Grylls does and yeah. has done. Um, so I, I, it's not really a popularity contest yeah. because I know he's, he's the, the king of the castle there. Um, so it's about it's about what kind of things, and the mallet was really excellent. You okay. know, when someone says, "Oh, geez, I'd love to get my notch in the belt of crossing Bass Strait," that has less appeal to me than than getting something out of the bloody timber mallet that I'm yeah, yeah. in a sense, because well, it just it tends to have a bit more of a I don't know. We had an objective, really, didn't he? He was still going to do it, yeah. and then he also wanted to find this, yeah, and, and probably because you made an impact on him, mate. Yeah, yeah. You know, like he wouldn't have just done that. Yeah. Oh, I think there's a treasure here, a random mallet. Yeah, like, right. You know, he's like, Bo made this mallet. Yeah, yeah. It. It, look, it feels good. It feels really good. Yeah, yeah you, good, feel, you feel really. Uh, I, I'm really humbled by it. Like when the students walk to work, oh, that's, uh, work to uni. That was, that's that's the height of. Um, of a compliment. Well, you, that's what you're doing. You're educating, you're inspiring. Yeah. And that that's just shows that it's actually working. So yeah. um, the next one, I was going to ask, what the next thing you want to do, you want a wheelchair to work. So Yeah, so it's part of the Commute series, which I've been trying to get up on TV for a while. Um, and maybe that boat sailed. Maybe it's just about developing more of the YouTube channel because you've got all this great ownership and yep. you just go and do it. Yep. You're, not, you're not really owned by anyone. So, um, yeah, the commute series is, you know, walking being the, the most basic form and then you start to layer the complexity up a bit and the meaning behind getting to work in different ways. So the paddle was, you know, I'm a good paddler, an expert paddler as such, so I can do those things. Yeah. Flying, I'm not, so I'm going to try and fly in a balloon and a small aircraft, but that'll be, that'll be the recap. <laughs> and then the other ones I want to try and... Uh, look at other modes of travel that I'm not an expert in, like horse riding and wheelchair travel. A bit like rollerblades or skateboarding. I did think, I did think that too. Yeah, small wheels, I thought. Yeah. yeah multiple forms of small wheels. Yeah. But then I can kind of do them. I'm not a, I'm not a, uh, a, a skateboarder, but yeah. I'm a snowboarder and yeah, I've done yeah. heaps of rollerblading and I thought, ah, oh, maybe I could just do that, but that'd certainly be fun. Absolutely. So cool. That I love that. And I think that would only... I think it'd heighten how hard it is for people in wheelchairs as well, particularly in areas that don't have access or don't have um, walkways or anything like that. That would be really hard. Yeah, absolutely. Um, Even just, I've trialled one out at Monash campus. Yep. And this is where the idea started from because there's ramps going everywhere, but not everywhere. You know, uh, there's some places that uh, me on two feet or on my bike are, are easier to get than someone in a wheelchair. So... Oh, Christy, I, I can imagine that between here and, and work, and I'm thinking it's going to take three days, but it might take a lot longer. It's, it's going to be hard. Well, even that hill, like, so yep. just coming here, yeah. yeah, that's a crazy hill. Yeah, it is. Oh, my car's got a lot of kettlebells and weights in the back, and it was, it was nearly going backwards. <laughs> so I can't imagine how you're going to go in a wheelchair. Wow. Thank Christ I get to go down it, but it's just about <laughs> having the good brakes, I suppose. Now, one of the other things, I, I want to talk about the Bass Strait now because they're big accomplishments, but another one that's just so random, Random is um, you want to achieve a lot in 24 hours. So you, your block's about a mile where we are yep. around it. So you thought I'm going to run a mile every hour and then do a heap of chores in between. Yep. Now, talk us through that one. Well, we're sitting in the midst. You're sitting on a chair that yep. was part of it. Still a bit wobbly. Needs yeah, a bit of bracing. Very nice, mate. It's all right. <laughs> It'll do the trick. Yeah. Um, I thought so. In the last phases of my PhD, where you sit a lot and you've just got to grind out that last manuscript. And it's bloody hard graft. You know, the yep. last six or eight months, I'm just, I'm riding four or five hours a day, then going off and working the rest of the day. So I'd get up at 4 a.m., write until 8 or 9, jump in the car, go to work. And so um, 
you, you don't have much time for anything but sitting, yeah. uh, sitting behind a computer screen and just grinding out that last thing. And, and I, I'd look out the window when dawn came each morning and just want to be outside doing stuff, yep. digging a post hole or bloody planting a tree or whatever, yeah. anything things but you riding. Could, things you weren't able to do. Oh, mate. And so there was one time at dawn um, where I, I got up and did a lap of the block. I just thought, even if I walk it, go slow, whatever, I'm just going to go a lap around the block. And I knew it was roughly a mile. I get back down, I'm sitting down, and I think, shit, you know what? That's a nice little film idea, Bo. Maybe if I did 24 of those blocks um, and did a whole, a whole bunch of stuff in between that's not a PhD, yeah. that's a cool film. Yeah, great. And so I sort of loosely scripted up a whole bunch of tasks and, uh, yeah, got the boys involved, and away we went. We made a f- And it was intense, you know, and had two cameramen, me doing stuff, Helen pottering around the house, it was just shit going on everywhere, you know. It was really good. So, and I, I know when you get into a task at, uh, you know, you forget track of time and things, but then yeah. you, I bet you just look around and go, oh, crap, I've got to go again. Yeah. And then you're off running, then you come back and... Yeah. So it's sort of like today's sort of world. There's too many distractions going. The running would distract you from actually getting the task done. It was, and yet it was a perfect reset. Okay. Because a bit like walking... You know, when I'm out there running, and I know it's going to take me seven to nine minutes. Yep. Um, that's just free time. Okay, reset. Go back, Bo, and finish this job, and then do this job, and then you'll be time for another lap again. And without that reset, you'd probably just get lost in 50 unfinished jobs rather than signing off on 25 or 30. Cool. So at the end of that, what we're obviously we've got this very solid table now. I'm sitting on a chair that's quite nice, um, but the table's awesome. Um, what else did you get done in that time? Uh, a couple of paddles. I don't know where they are floating around at the moment, but um, two-thirds, uh, a couple of paddles made. Um, my pants, I'm in my pants that I stitched up. <laughs> uh, and there's heaps of little other jobs around. You know, I, I mended the fence and, and did some, uh, painted the fence, pruned a whole bunch of trees, did the lawns, um, Gee, cooked heaps of meals for for the three crew of us. So yeah. cooked big hot meals all the time. So you're chopping up things and slicing and dicing. Um, I think there was yeah about thirty five things. Polished my boots. There's, there's heaps of stuff, yeah. and, and it was uh, yeah fun. And some of the jobs took five minutes, and some took like the table here. This took the whole twenty four hours padded out over time. Yeah, yeah, and so with that, and I'm a big believer in. Uh, if you're not moving, then your body starts slowly, slowly shutting down. Yep. And you've got more energy when you move. And people say, well, but doesn't it tire you out? So do you think because you are doing that regular run, I know I'm not saying people go and do something like that, but regularly getting up, moving your body, you are yep. able to do so much more, even though you're probably a bit tired? You've got to – it's a good question, Dale. Um, I've thought about this a lot, and I was thinking about it yesterday. I was down uh, – I'm helping out Dad at the moment, who's a bit crook, and uh, he's got this great idea that uh, – and my and my my last partner, who's this amazing woman too, she's a vet. She she always said, and I'll compare this to Dad in a minute. She always said that animals, very roughly, um, very roughly, have a similar count of heartbeats across their life. So a mouse lives three to five years. That their heart rate is three hundred beats per minute, and spread over that three or four years, it's similar to a human who lives to sixty. Yep. Same with a horse. A horse lives to thirty. They have a heart rate that's much. Um, much higher, uh, oh, no, their, their resting heart rate is lower, but it's their workload as well. Yeah, yeah. So you've got, this, you've got this rough algorithm that a lot of mammals in the world, regardless of how long they live, they have the, roughly the same amount of heart rate. Cool, I didn't know. This is interesting, yeah. My dad, he, without knowing any of the science, uh, would say that humans have a similar kind of capacity for energy. 
And let's say that we burn, the Surgeon General says we burn 2,000 kilocalories a day. Yep. Or kilojoules, sorry. No, yeah, calories 2,000, 8,000 kilo, uh, kilojoules. Yeah, of energy, yep. Let's say a human lives to 70 years old and we've all got the same amount of energy we've got to burn it. He reckons that the more you burn it in your earlier years, the less you're going to live and you've got a harder, older age. Really? So, but that's if you're doing it 10 hours a day. Yeah. Like a brickie or a builder or someone who's yeah. just going full tilt yep. between the ages of 20 and 50. They get to 50 and they want to sleep for the next 20 years. <laughs> yeah, they've got chronic fatigue too. Or, or, chronic, or yeah. all their limbs are stuffed. So yep. maybe we shouldn't be doing the 10 hours on the tools a day, but we do three hours on the tools a day. Yeah. And that's what I'd be advocating for. Yes, absolutely. And it's just about that balancing again. But then how, and he says... Who can what, do it? What are they going to do for the other five or exactly. the, like the work day? Because yep. you can't... You can't lay six hundred bricks in three hours. No, you can't. You so, know. and and you're so specialised now. Yeah. You know, when you become a bricklayer, you are a bricklayer. Correct. And that's what you do forty to fifty hours a week. Yeah. Really, you should be a bricklayer five or eight hours a week. Yeah. And then a, a chippy, and then a rider, and then a farmer, and then a gardener, or, or whatever. Well, some people are, but they don't have the certificates or the qualifications. That's to right. Do that. I, and look, there's. And these polymaths that live out there, they are amazing people and I think they have wonderful longevity. And so I want to be that person. Yeah, that's a very interesting way of putting it. And yeah. that's why I think a lot of farmers, I think my pop's about 88 and he's yeah. still farming every day. And the reason being is because he's got a purpose yeah. and he's got something to do every day. Farming is, is brilliantly varied. Yep. You know, they're, run, they're still running their books you know, and they're doing a bit of fencing and then they're with their husbandry with cattle. Yep. And they have this wonderful relationship, a lot of them with the world. Um, yeah, farmers, they've got a hell of a mixed life. Yeah. Yeah, it's, it's very interesting. I And people say, often say, how's he still working? Well, I reckon if he stopped working, that's when he would, you Defi- know. Defined. That's, that's yeah. his life and that's what he does. And he, yeah. he still looks fitter than some of my mates are in their 30s and 40s. There you go. You yeah. know, and I think that, again, moving your body. But that's a very interesting way you said it about um, we are specialising one thing and that's all we do. Yeah, and, and that's a flaw of the academic too. You know, the academics used to be far more well-rounded, I think. You know, I'm, I'm young in the game, but they used to they used to have a much better understanding of the, the classical Greeks and algorithms and leisure and all of these wonderful things and, and really like all of those pockets of life. Yep. Whereas now I see universities are real turf wars. So one academic who is so specialised in one area, they will... They would, bloody cut the knees off people in another faculty or another area because they think theirs is better, better. or worth more. Instead of working together. What a load of bullshit. Yeah. You know, yeah. I, I don't think the arts faculty, the law faculty, the medicine faculty deserve any more or less kudos than education. Mm. I just don't. Yeah. I think it's bullshit. Yeah. And, and I, want, I want to know more about those things too, about law and medicine and, and varied creative arts and yeah. weird ways of thinking, whereas they would think that... They genuinely think, and you get this sometimes, that outdoor ed is bullshit. Yeah. You're going out there and you're playing their junkets. You know, it makes me quite cross. Mm. But I, then again, people don't play either. They don't experience things and people get, aren't creative anymore no. because they stick to their one thing. Yeah. And that's exactly what you're doing. And all the research is saying now too, we're not going to be an innovative peoples if we are just so highly specialised. Well, we're not, we we're not, we're not allowing our kids to be either because yeah. we're telling them how to learn. We're telling them what to do. Yeah. You know, whereas play and creativity are two of the most unique, special characters that anyone's got. So why are we batting them out of people? I, th- I think so. Yeah, I think you're right, mate. And there's the, all the research in the world is saying that. So I'm, I'm hoping that this, the tide is leaning more towards, you know, and we've always got an objective. Yep. Maybe we need to drop some of that as well. I know some of my epiphanies have come when I'm just sitting <laughs> and a bird 
you know, whatever. Yeah, just come. I was sitting here yesterday and, and a branch fell. You know, it's that whole whole thing, you know, does it happen if you don't see it or yeah, a yeah. human doesn't witness it, you know? And or someone didn't record and put it on social media. Yeah, to yeah. watch a branch fall in a forest or here on my, my little block is really cool. You yeah. just, you, and you watch it fall and then it's on the ground and then, geez, did I just witness that? <laughs> there's the branch and it wasn't there four seconds ago. It was amazing. <laughs> I love that, mate. So obviously there's a, a lot of other videos on your YouTube channel. Go and check it out, guys. The quality of the videos is one thing that I was super impressed with. You know, cameramen, there's drones, it is legit and it's really cool. And I went through all of them over the last couple of days and I loved yeah, it, mate. Cool. So I just wanted to mention those three because they're the ones I really enjoyed. So looking to the words of future, I know you're writing a book at the moment. Um, you're talking in the process of maybe getting a TV show. Where do you want to go, mate, with like everything you're doing and the commute to work <clears> and <throat> other things? Um, well, we're pregnant. That's the biggest news, and that's only been live for the last week. So well, that's, that's, mate, that's, a, that's a huge adventure. Congratulations, buddy. Thank you. And so I see now, and, and it hasn't taken long for me to switch gears and to think, okay, Helen's been part of the picture for a bunch of years, and she's certainly part of my adventure scape now yep. yeah, and yeah. homescape and all this other stuff. And now the kiddies. This unborn kid is now part of what I think adventures can look like and mean to me in the next however many years. So. Yeah. I can just imagine, uh, you know, popping the little kid in the hatch of a sea kayak and going off somewhere or getting them in the backpack and going for a big, long hike and, and living it, you yeah. know, and living that real simplicity. So, um, yeah, who knows? But, but storytelling. And the book thing is, is new. You know, Briar Books they seem like a really good, a good publisher that um, there might be a long relationship there. So my written storytelling might take off on another thing as well. Yeah, so and I think uh, we're talking about off-air that, uh, you know, audio and video are a way of the future, but also books. Yeah. Um, books are probably bigger, better and stronger than ever, particularly with uh, things like Blinkist and Audible. Right. You know, it's so easy to assess it. So um, is that sort of where you see yourself going, that you want to be obviously inspiring people through not only your words but your actions on screen? Yeah, maybe. But I've got to get advice from people like yourself. You know, I'm still not dialed in on, on all these processes. Yep. Um, and so I need to learn a lot more. And I'm not I'm not naturally good at selling myself or my story sometimes. Yeah, but I think that's why people also relate to you, mate, because yeah. you're doing things because that's what you do. You have an idea, I'm going to run around my block for 24 hours. You know, like yeah. that's not something you sell, but that's why people relate to you because, like, that's different. Yes. Well, yeah, so I've, I, I think I just – well, you've nailed it. All I need to do is just keep producing. Yeah. And the audience – Will come and everything finds a home. Yep. Uh, and now I suppose it's only easier to find a home because of all these platforms. Now right. you're in the flood market. Everyone else is out there doing the same thing, but hopefully the cream rises and and good stories get told multiple places. Well, I haven't seen anything like yours, mate. And I know I was like, um, if you have seen your name last night, I was like, bro, you've got to sit down and watch this. I'm, I'm going to interview this guy tomorrow, Bo. He's like a legend, and we watch her, and she's like, what? who thinks of this stuff? I'm like, yeah, yeah. anyway, so we're going to watch the rest, mate. Good so idea, man. I think that just sort of sums up you know the great stuff you're doing so um as a, a big truck comes past here you hear that that's we're out in the wild here guys uh, <laughs> you love that now i've got a couple of questions to finish off Bo, that i always ask my guests and um one of them is if you could look back to 18 year old boat so yep. you're 39 now it's a few years ago mate you still look like a spring chicken thank, though thank you if you had one bit of advice from everything you've learned from obviously phds lecture adventures paddling you name it being nearly becoming a dad what would that one bit of advice that you could give 18-year-old Bo from all your years of knowledge now? It's, re it's a really hard question because I'm corrupt now. I'm, I'm, <laughs> and I suppose that's the point. Yeah. 
you are corrupt as a 39-year-old, but an 18-year-old's also really corrupt too. They're corrupt with a, a, a very different... You know, they, in many respects, the 18-year-old needs to go and make all the mistakes or find out their pathway that a 39-year-old does not know. Yep. And an 18-year-old now is a different 18-year-old to when uh, I was, I yeah. suppose. No, you know, the no Google, no phone thing. Mm. Um, I, I would say that, uh, you know, choose your own adventure. This is telling them how to suck eggs. I would say take no prisoners with what you do. Um, and try and be balanced. I, I thought I wanted to be specialised at 18 too. Let's get really good at something yeah. and that's how you stand out. I'd, yeah, I would much rather now not stand out in 10 things but know how to do them. Okay. So, I, yeah, take no prisoners with what you really love and if that is doing it 100%, sure. But I reckon you'll be better at that 100% thing if you do lots of little things as well. So it's sort of like that you always want to still be learning and don't shut yourself off from those opportunities? Well, be like the 10-year-old. Be curious about yeah. many things, I suppose, rather than just hone in on that one key curiosity yeah. because that one key curiosity is built on so much else of humanity that's got you to that point, you yeah. know? Um, which is risky because you're often being that you're often the you know I've recently started competitive wood chopping and I'm pretty shit at it. <laughs> I'm getting flogged by these sixteen year old larger kids, but but I know how to do it now, you know. <laughs> so I'm just having. A I crack. didn't know. That. I wasn't expecting that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's great, mate. I like that. And yeah. I think it does come back to curiosity and just yeah. being creative and being open. Yep. Yeah. Yep. Um, final one, legacy. When it's all said and done, and obviously you've still got a lot of years left in you, what legacy do you want to leave? What, Bo, what do you want to be remembered for? Well, we just went down into my little house, and it is a little house. You know, yep. it's, it's, it's only um, it's 48 square metres or something, you know, not much bigger than a one-bedroom apartment. The, the, the key thing, I don't insure anything in the house. Uh, the stuff is meaning less and less to me. Okay. But what is becoming more and more to me is things I've made or produced that is neat and an essence. So I really loved the idea of having a DVD, and that's you know a bookcase full of your own DVDs yeah. you've made. And now I think that's shifting as much into books. Yep. And to just seeing uh, you know being able to scroll up and down a YouTube channel and seeing all your thumbnails and think oh, each one of those is a story that I've bled for and created and, and mixed up with these really great people. So um, I think I just want to be known as a good storyteller and a good doer, a yep. good doer, good storyteller. That's it. Bang. Well, mate, you're, you're well and truly on the way to that, and I can guarantee people listening to this are going to be like, what is that YouTube channel? So how can we find you? Just Bo Miles. Uh, yep. Yeah, I've got my own channel, so it's just Bo Miles at YouTube. Um but if you just type in Bo Miles, B-E-A-U Miles, you'll find me. Yeah, and I'll, uh, I'll have links on the show notes and uh, link to the, the YouTube channel. Go and check it out. Um, I'm excited to see more of the commute to work and everything you're doing, mate. Uh, thanks so much for your time today, the coffee and you, uh, everything like that, Bo. Thanks I've for coming been out. a blast. Good on you. Thanks for coming out.